0: Well, as I said before, this uh, this Sunday, uh, first of all, as the slide says, welcome. Uh, if this is your first time here or you haven't been here in a while and uh, we need to update your information, you'll find in the seat back in front of you a little card about yay big. Uh, if you would fill that out, we'd like to keep you uh, informed about all the things that go on here at the church and connect with you on a deeper level. So go ahead and fill that out. But I was, I, I pray that you would sense... The warmth of God's Spirit through the love of his people here this morning. And as I said earlier, the this is sort of an in-between Sunday, right? It's sort of, uh, Christmas is over. How many had a blessed Christmas day, right, with family and friends and those close to us? A blessed Christmas day we did as well. Um, and then New Year, the New Year starts uh, Wednesday, so New Year's Eve comes, and this is sort of that Sunday in between. So, you know, what do we talk about? What do we what do we touch on? What do we what do we talk about? The year that went, and the year that's coming, or do we talk about Christmas that just happened? Or what do we what do we talk about? But in the last few moments of this year, I'm gonna and and, and the last sermon that I'm gonna ask you to hear for 2019, uh, I would like to 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 to, to, to preach this morning. Uh, From the Word of God, and, and a section that would be familiar to some of us, it records an event that is familiar to us, and it's recorded in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. So if you're able and you have your Bibles or your apps, to turn to these concluding verses beginning in verse 35 of the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, I believe there's a word from the Lord that sets us in order for the new year that awaits us. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, and if you're physically able, I'd like to invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word in reverence of the reading of God's Word this morning. As I read from the New International Version of the Bible, I'm prayerful that you'll be able to to keep along with whatever version that you have. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, I gave you enough time to find it. If you have it, say amen. Oh, you're still awake be funny because if you were sleeping, standing up, that would be even funnier. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, everybody say the back, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. One more verse in the next chapter. So they went across, chapter 5, verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. That's enough right there. Do me a favor, as you're sitting down, play preacher to your neighbor for a minute and tell them, it's time to rock the boat. It's time to rock the boat. Or you could do my subtitle and say, I'm just trying to make it to the other side. <laughs> so many of us are, are just trying to make it to the other side of, uh, in life, right? So many of us, there are certain things that happen in our life that we're, we're in a season or we're in a time that we just need to get to the other side. If I could just get through this, I, I just got to get on the other side of this, Pastor, and then I'm, I, and I can move on. You know, when I was in in school, doing schooling and working toward ordination, working and going to school, maintaining a home, raising a family, I'm just trying to make it to the other side of all this. You know, it's tough, there's a lot to, you know, I'm just trying to make it to the other side. You go through these seasons in life when you're trying, maybe you're going for that degree and you're saying, oh, 10 papers are due tomorrow and I got to get up early and stay up late and get these papers done while I'm trying to maintain a family and all this. And, and, And you're just trying to make it to the other side. Seasons in life that start off with joy and excitement and expectation. But at some point, some moment, they take a toll on you. And in a place where the joy is gone, and all you want to do is make it to the other side. I just want this behind me. If you've never been there, church, talk to me a little bit this morning. Have you ever been there? I just need to get through this season. If you've never been there, talk to a pregnant woman. I'll tell you, she'll tell you when the pre- Don't all look over there. I know where you're looking. When the pregnancy begins with joy and thrill and excitement, at some moment in every pregnancy, the woman and probably the man reaches a point where they're just tired of being pregnant. It's Let's get this done here. Tired of the swelling, tired of the sleepless nights. And she'll tell you, all I want to do is get to the other side of this pregnancy and walk into motherhood. Just, just if you've never been there, find find somebody that's having a, a tough time in their marriage or in their relationship, and, and and maybe it's on the rocks, and it started with joy and love and an Ed Sheeran song, and now it kind of hit that rough patch, and the honeymoon is over, and and, and it's and it's tough, the thrill is gone, and they're just praying, Lord, just get us through this season so we can rekindle our joy. Just get me to the other side of this. Talk to somebody, if you've never been through that, talk to somebody who's going through chemotherapy treatments. Round after round of chemotherapy treatments. And they'll tell you, even though the chemo is supposed to be helping me and healing me, I've reached a a place now where all I really want to do is get on the other side of these treatments and get back to my life. If you've never been there where, where you don't understand what I'm talking about, all you need to do is talk to a Steelers fan. When the season starts and hope springs eternal, and then your star quarterback goes down in the first game, and then the season goes on and you lose to the Browns. In all seriousness, some of you know what it means to tell God, I'm just glad this year is over. And I know some of us have a reason to shout and thank God for the amazing things that have happened this year. But those are a, there's a handful of people, I would think, in a room like this who would declare that I'm grateful this year is over. With all that I went through this year, all the things I lost, all the ups and downs, I'm just glad to make it to the end of another year. And even right now, I'm sitting in church this morning with the expectation that 2020 is going to be a new season. That something better is on the horizon. Something better, something that pays me more. Someone who loves me more is on the way. I'm glad to be out of that 2019. I'm getting ready for 2020. Someone who appreciates me is on the way. i got to believe that. Something that's stable is on the way. Someone that respects me is on the way. Is there anybody that expects the new year to be better than the last year? Amen. So if you come to church this this morning and and you feel like right this to this Sunday that we're sort of stuck in the middle Christmas is over the new year hasn't begun yet and you're just wanting to get to the other side of 2019 and you start your journey and and get started into your journey into the new year and as you look out into this new year really the only promise that I can make you the only promise that I can give you this morning is that 2020 will bring more storms And if I know life the way I know life, I can tell you that no matter how great and glorious 2019 was, there's some stuff waiting for you in the new year. There's some heartache, some new heartache. There's some disappointment waiting for you in 2020. Right now, God is getting someone you love getting their room ready up in heaven for 2020. And God's going to lead you through some storms In this new year. And you're going to reach the place where you've been this past year. Lord, I just want to make it through to the other side. And I came to tell you this morning that in reflection of 2019 and preparation for 2020. That there are some sanctified survival strategies that can help get you through the storms and make it to the other side. And to learn some of them, i got to take you back. Some events you're familiar with in Mark chapter 4. When we get back to, when we get to Mark chapter 4, you're going to find out it's been a long couple of days for Jesus. Mark chapter 4, all of those events, they actually, his day starts way back in chapter 2. And we find out that Jesus is in Galilee. And this was his home where he began his ministry and sort of a, a center for him. And over these past few days, Jesus has had continual conflict with the scribes from that region. And the scribes have come not only to challenge his authority, but they've begun to question his understanding of the Sabbath. And when you go back and read it, he goes back and forth with the scribes, arguing about the real interpretation of what the Sabbath means. But when you read Mark 2, 3, and 4, you find out that Jesus' biggest problem was not with the scribes. It was His biggest problem was with another group that Mark calls the multitude. The multitude. Say the multitude. When you read about the multitude in Mark, I need to let you know that these are not the disciples. These are not not his inner circle. The multitude uh, is not the crowd that's committed. The multitude is not not the crowd that that would be so committed to Jesus and following him. The multitude is a mass gathering of people who have heard the words of Jesus, have seen the miracles of Jesus, And they have come to Jesus for one reason. They want Jesus to work on their behalf. This is the multitude. This is not the sold out for Jesus crowd. This is not the Bible carrying crowd. This is not the sing amazing grace crowd. This is the crowd that wants something and only shows up when they need Jesus to do something for them. The multitude this multitude begins to take its toll on Jesus. They're always surrounding Jesus. You're going to find that when you read Mark 2, 3, and 4, the Bible says that Jesus has to escape from the multitude because they just won't leave him alone. This multitude is so bad that they press on Jesus, and the Bible says that they reach out and grab him. Imagine being in a crowd of a thousand people or are pulling you on you because they believe if they, you can touch them, they'll be healed. This crowd is, is so bad and so pressing that Jesus can't even take a moment to grab lunch. He sits down to eat and the crowd surrounds him and begins pulling on him. And he doesn't even have time for a PB&J. The multitude is so demanding that one day Jesus is teaching in a house. The multitude surrounds him and his mother Mary shows up. And the multitude can't even let, won't even let Mary into the sanctuary. Mary is forced to tune into the live stream. Nothing. Mary has to tune into the live stream because the multitude won't scoot over and let her sit on the end of the row. The multitude. These are the ones that want Jesus to do something for them. The multitude. If you're still awake this morning, look at your neighbor and tell him, don't be the multitude. Jesus is so worn out by the multitude that, watch this, at one point he tells the disciples, listen, y'all go get me a boat. Get a boat, put it in the water, and keep the motor running. I got a funny feeling and a sneaky suspicion that I'm going to have to make a quick exit away from these folks because they just won't leave me alone. And sure enough, one day Jesus is trying to teach the word and the multitude presses on him and he gets in the boat and he sails off the shore just a little bit so that he can teach the multitude from the banks of the water while they stand on the shore because he needs a little space. And the Bible says that when the sermon is over, when the benediction's been given, when the sun goes down, Jesus turns to his disciples and this is what he says. He says, let us cross over to the other side. He says, it's time for us to make our way to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now stay with me. When Jesus says, let us cross over to the other side, those eight words, he's already determined the destination. The problem is that he hasn't set the itinerary. So he says, we're going to go over there to the other side. Disciples, okay, we're in. We'll go to the other side. Y'all know the difference between definite destination and itinerary? Destination is where you're going, right? Itinerary is what you got to go through to get there. So he's told them where they're going, but he didn't didn't tell them what they had to go through. So watch the itinerary. They give him the boat. They start sailing across the sea. And then water and waves and wind start to besiege the boat. A storm comes, and it floods the boat, And the waves start to rock the boat, hence the title of the sermon. The winds start pushing against the boat. And the disciples, when they see water in the boat and the waves rocking and the wind, they realize, we're in trouble here. We're about to die. But don't worry, Jesus is in the boat. So they go looking for Jesus. Only to find him in the back of the boat, asleep. And they can't understand... In our text we read where they can't understand how Jesus is asleep in this storm. So they wake him up. Hey, don't you feel the water in the boat? Can't you feel the waves rocking the boat? Don't you feel the wind pushing the boat around? Jesus, don't you care that we're about to die? Watch what Jesus does. The Bible says Jesus stands up. Not worried at all. This is my re I don't know if this happened for sure. But Jesus stands up, stretches out. Looks at the wind and the wave. And in Greek, he says this. He says, I'm going to try this. Siopeo Fimo. These two words that your Bible translates as peace, be still. Siopeo Fimo. See, that's a nice way to translate that in Greek. I I I dug dug a little deeper. And here's what it literally means. The, the phrase of this means, the definition means, it literally means to shut the mouth with a muzzle. Jesus stands up. Jesus stands up. <laughs> Y'all know. <laughs> Jesus stands up, stretches. He looks at the wind and the wave. And what does he say? Shut up. <laughs> T- right? To shut the mouth with a mu- Shut up. That's what the Bible tells us, that the wind and the wave, he said, and the wind and the waves probably look back at Jesus and say, oh, our bad. We didn't know you were on the boat. Apologies, the wind stopped blowing. Waves settled down, because even the wind and the waves obeyed Jesus. And after Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves, he turns to the disciples and he rebukes them. How can you be scared? You mean to tell me a little storm is all it takes for you to push the panic button in your life? You mean all it takes is a little bit of wind? John, all it takes, Peter, is a little bit of wind? A little bit of rocking in the boat a little bit, all it takes are, are some mouths running against you? All it takes is a little bit of haters saying something about you. All it takes is some envy around you, all it takes, that's all it takes to for you to throw in the towel and believe you're gonna die? How can you be a disciple of mine and be so weak, think that little storm is gonna is all it takes to make you scared to death? Jesus indicts the disciples by saying, listen, you should not have been afraid because you've got everything it takes to make it to the other side. This is how you make it through the storm. This is how you sail on to the other side. You endure, this is how you endure the storm that you've got to go through. Watch what Jesus teaches them. And I didn't put a lot of scripture on the screen. I want you to look at it for yourselves this morning. He tells them we're going to cross over to the other side. But before that, he says, we've got to leave the multitude. We've got to cross over, but we can't take the multitude with us. We're headed somewhere, the destination, but everybody with us now can't go where we're going. Because this journey is not for Lottie Dottie and everybody. Everybody isn't qualified to cross over with you. Friends, I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but let me tell you the problem in your storm is you still got the wrong people coming with you. Pull your feet in just a little bit this morning, might be some toes stepped on. But if you're tri- still trying to sail, with the crowd, with the multitude. And Jesus teaches us that if you're going to sail over, you've got to make some decisions, that there's some people that have to stay on the shore while you sail across the sea. Anybody saying amen this morning? You may need to rock the boat. You may... Thank you. You're bringing the people with you that need to stay on the shore because you need to make it to the other side and these people are never going to come with you. You need to rock the boat just a little bit. Can I preach this morning? You see, you know that there are some people in your life that, you know, they got about about 30 more minutes to be connected to you before the Lord tells you and tells them, you got to stay where you are because I've got to get to the other side. You can't take everybody with you. Notice who Jesus leaves, the multitude. I told you who they were. They were the the non-committed. They were not in love with the Lord. This was the crowd that only showed up when they needed Jesus to do something for them. This was the multitude. And the Lord says, that is who you have to leave behind. You've got to leave behind those people that used you. You've got to leave behind those people that continue to take advantage of you. You've got to leave behind the people that continue to stab you in the back. You've got to leave behind those people that have tried to take you out. You've got to learn who to leave behind. You've got to rock the boat. And let me tell you why your neighbor hasn't said amen yet. Because most of you can't discern who the multitude is. You're surrounded with people that look like your friends. And they've not yet learned that the smile on your face, all the while, they've not yet learned that you are serving the Lord. You haven't been a beacon of light to them as of yet. So they're confused. But I know you've got some people who are envious of you. People that are haters and people that all they do is speak negative things into your life and, and even, even insult your faith, when you, especially at Christmas time. You know, you're going to stand for Jesus at Christmas. And these people just, and they, some of your friends, some of the multitude you have in your life will follow you around saying, I can't believe you, of all people, normally you're pretty cool. But I can't believe you follow this stuff. What do you mean you're... No, come on. Not you. These multitudes, these people that that you say are your friends. The people that you may need to leave behind in 2020 if you want to get to the other side with Jesus. Some of these friends that constantly post things on your Facebook feed that you have no business seeing or looking at. Or being a part of. Anybody ever see something in their feed? Like, I I shouldn't have seen those words. Those are your friends. You decided, if you don't remember, I think this is how it works. I'm not a Facebook person, but I think you decide to be their friend, right? Don't you say, oh, yeah. Don't you get a request? And it's up to you, right? It's on you, right, to say, "Ah, I'm going to connect with that person. In other words, you're saying, I'm okay with seeing whatever they have to put in front of my face. You don't intend to see it. It's not your fault that you see it. kind of is. But you scroll up, and that passes by. That image, those words. You did not go looking for that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But some of these people are part of the multitude in your life. And and, and am I right? With most social media platforms, people don't know when you've unfriended them necessarily. Like they don't get a a notification saying, you know, that, that Helen doesn't want to be your friend anymore. They don't get that, right? So you're okay. Just trying to put this in a little bit of perspective. These are not the people who will cross over with you. And so here's what God did. In this last year of your life, the Lord orchestrated some circumstances and situations that served one purpose, to open your eyes to the real character and nature of the people that are in your inner circle, the people that you deal with. Because they had you fooled. They got you. I want to be your friend. But the Lord revealed their real nature, and now you're upset. When you find out that they let you down or that they broke your heart, you're upset that it went down the way it did. But you ought to thank God that God opens your eyes so that you would know who can't go with you. You had some experiences with some people this year. I get that. You've had some falling out. You had a little trouble. Maybe that was God giving you, hey, a little heads up on 2020. If you want to go with me to the other side, it's okay to let them go. That's the bad news. You can't take everybody. Just as Jesus made that example in the book of Mark, he said we've got to get away from some of these multitudes. The bad news is you can't take everybody. But here's the good news. You have to take somebody. Read your Bible. The Bible says that Jesus got on the boat, so then we can't take the multitude, he said. The Bible says that some boats went with them. That was new to me when I reread this scripture. You ever get something in the scripture when you read it again, you're like, I never saw that. That some boats went with them. I never thought that was significant. I kind of skimmed, okay, some boats went with them. Next, get me to the good stuff. Get me to the calm in the waves and the wind in the waves and all that stuff. But some little boats went with them. The multitude stayed on the shore, but a few little boats were crossing over with them because they found out that you do need somebody to cross over with you, and I don't care how big or bad you are, how smart you are, and how, many, how much money you make. Here's the fundamental truth: Everybody needs somebody sometimes. Pause, rewind, press play. Everybody needs somebody sometimes. Bone Ranger needed Tonto. Kids, never mind. Batman needed Robin. Yogi needed boo-boo. Run needed DMC. Everybody needs somebody sometimes. The Bible didn't say that it was a lot of boats. It just said some boats, a few boats. Because the Lord wants you to learn that you don't need a whole lot of people. You just need a few folks that will pray for you. You only need a few folks that will care about you. You need a couple people, a few folks that are willing to walk with you. You need a few folks to go to the other side with you, and only a couple folks that will sit down and pray with you, sit down in your house and cry with you. All you need is a few good people. I'm not sure who needs this this morning, but I want you to know that if you've got a few good people that love you, if you've got a few good people that call you or check up on you, you're blessed beyond measure because you've got everything you need with just a few people. The challenge is to be discerning about who the few people should be. That's why I love the Bible. The Bible right here teaches us that how to figure out who your few should be. Can I tell you this morning how to determine who you want to go with you? Thank you. The Bible says that there are folks that crossed over with Jesus and they were... Ones who were in boats, which means that the the people had boats to sail with the Lord. Now, I told you a few minutes ago that Jesus told the disciples, give me a boat, put it in the water, and keep the motor running. So some folks in the multitude, when they saw Jesus get a boat, they said, we're going to get a boat. When they saw Jesus get in his boat, they got in their boat. And when Jesus started to sail away, that same thing, they said, we're going to go too. Because this was the crowd, this was the smaller crowd, not the multitudes, who only come around when they want something. But this is the crowd that said, you know what? Whatever the Lord's doing, that's what I'm going to do. Wherever the Lord goes, that's where I go. That's where I go. So this smaller group of people is who Jesus needed to come to the other side with him. The problem is that your surrounding people yourself with people who are not striving to be like Jesus. So when you look for your few, don't just look for tall, dark, and handsome. Don't just look for outward appearances. I heard one preacher say, don't just look for lips, hips, and fingertips. You've got to find somebody That has the Lord in their heart. That's who you surround yourself with. I need some folks who want to be like Jesus. I need some folks who want to do what Jesus did. I need some people who who, who, who want to act like Jesus acts. I need some folks to come along with me. That love God like the Lord Jesus loved the Heavenly Father. And when you get to that crowd. Those are the people you want following you over to the other side. This is how you know that they're called by God. This is what it says in the Bible. Jesus gets in the boat. A few boats start to sail. Here's the thing. When Jesus' boat and the disciples' boat starts to sail, these few boats go along with them. They all encounter the storm. And, and did you miss it in the scripture? Look in there again. They said they all, they encountered the storm. And the few boats, they didn't sail back. They didn't sail back. The few boats did not sail back in the storm. Jesus, I don't know if you're catching it. Jesus gets in the boat. A few boats sail with him. They all get caught up in the storm, and the boats that sail with them did not turn back. They stayed with him in the storm, because that's what you really need in your life. People that will walk through and endure the storm with you. Any joker can stand with you in the sunshine. Any fool can get your back when the sun is shining, right? I need some people. I saw a phrase this week that I really liked. I need some people that'll ride or die. I need some people that'll stay with me in the storm. And on this last Sunday of 2019, I know you want to thank God for the blessings. Thank God for the car you got last year. Thank God for that outfit you got. I know you want to thank God for the money in your pocket right now. And I know you want to thank God because, you know, these are the blessings and But I want you to thank God this morning in looking back at 2019 and looking forward into 2020, crossing over with the Lord. I want you to thank God now because you can identify a few good people that stood with you in the rain. They stood by your side. They did not abandon you and they did not run from you when the storm came. Is there anybody here this morning who knows I got a few good folks that have my back? And I thank God for the folks that stay with me in the rain. In order to make it over to the other side, you've got to have some good people who stick with you through the storm. It's exactly what happened in the scriptures. If we use that whole example in the book of Mark. And you look at it, you look at the little details, the little boats that went. Those are the ones, they encountered that same storm. Right? I mean, if it's a storm, it's a storm. Everybody's going through it. Who's going to endure? I got a feeling that if the multitude would have got in some of those boats, you know, the ones that just wanted to take from Jesus, that if the multitude got in some of those boat, boats and went out there and they encountered the storm, they'd have either jumped ship, sailed back, they'd have been out of there in a heartbeat. And you know who those people are in your life. In 2020, in this, and it could ha- it's not, this is just a transition Sunday. This is in between 2019 and 2020, Christmas and New Year. But in 2020, will you have the guts To sail into 2020. Rocking the boat a little bit. And maybe having some people. Not joining you in 2020. Because they don't do anything for your life. And bringing you closer to the Lord. In fact. They end up. Pulling you away. And you all know some people that do that. Sail into 2020. To get on the other side of it with people who are close to the Lord and whom you can then be connected with, yoked together, as the Bible says, right? Be yoked together with these folks and go into 2020 encouraged, knowing that those few who are in your life are the ones that are going to bring you closer to the Lord. And that's what we need. We need to be closer. As we close this morning, I know that God's dealing with some things in your life. I knew when I finished this message on paper, I knew that God would be speaking to some people in this room and I will not quench the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about this bringing some people and swiping the other way and deleting the others I know that there's 15 minutes, 16 minutes left or so, lest the preacher goes long About 16 minutes left for those people to be in your life. Remember what I said about the social media platforms, and it's up to you, right? When you get a request, it's up to you to accept that or not. Will you have the courage to leave the multitudes behind and sail into 2020 with the people that can bring you closer? To the Lord. Speak good things into your life. Speak the name of Jesus, pray for you, lift you up, cry with you, celebrate with you, stand with you through the rain. Those people are the ones that you want to take with you on your journey. Have the courage to stand out, stand aside from the multitudes. Amen. Would you stand? We close all of our services in prayer. And I would like to ask you to really do some searching this morning. Introspective searching. And if that means you have to bow your head, close your eyes so you're not distracted, I suggest you do that. For those in this room within the sound of my voice and those listening and watching online, this doesn't leave you out. But I'd like you to really do some soul searching this morning and and, and think about those people that you let into your life, not only in 2019, but in the past several years. Who have you let into your life that constantly brings you down, that constantly pulls you back, that constantly maybe even makes fun of you, but constantly doesn't support you. It doesn't give you any any support in the Lord for sure. I want you to kind of reflect and think back. God only wants the best for you in 2020. And you know that you know. The people that you may need to leave on the shore as you sail into 2020. God wants what's best for you. Friends, hear me on that. He's a loving, caring, heavenly father who wants what's best for you. And it begins with a relationship with him. And then he journeys with you through your life. And helps you through the storms and will stand with you and will keep you through the storms. But you've got to begin with a relationship with Him. The God that loves you so much that He stood in your place and died for you. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Oh, it doesn't matter. You don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is if you ask him to forgive you. The Bible says that he is faithful to forgive. And he will forgive you even right now. If you were to cry out to him and say, you know what, Lord, I've done some things and I ask for your forgiveness. He'll answer that prayer. And then you continue on and you say, Lord, uh, I need a relationship with you. I don't want to face 2020 alone. I need you. He'll answer that prayer. So, with your heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, we don't want to embarrass anybody. As I said, it first starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you would be introspective enough and be honest enough before God this morning, who is here in this place, no one's just happened to walk in here or here by accident this morning. Nothing happens by chance. You are here because God has orchestrated time and space for you to be in this room. And so if you know that God is calling you to a relationship with Him, whether you're in this room or whether you're online this morning, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know that you know that God is calling you to a relationship with Him, We don't want to embarrass you, but we definitely want to pray for you. Would you just slip your hand up this morning and you say, Pastor, that's me. I know God's calling me into a deep relationship with him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say, Pastor, I'm done doing it on my own. I'm ready to leave some of the multitude behind and cast out on that sea with my Savior, my Creator. I'll give you one more chance. If that's you this morning, you want to take that step. Just slip your hand up. Nobody's going to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. Amen. I see you. Everyone with bowed heads praying this morning, God, in your presence, once again, we thank you, Lord, those for those that have had the courage this morning to raise their hand and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. That's me. I want this relationship with Jesus that that he will be with me through the storm. There are some people in my life that I need to leave on the shore and set out with Jesus, starting afresh and anew. Even today, not even waiting for New Year's Day, but even starting right this moment. God, with their acknowledgement that they want to be closer to you, they need a relationship with you. Father, eternal life starts right now. So I thank you, Lord, for people who have had the courage and the guts to humble themselves and say, that's me. I need Jesus this morning. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we do, we, we do want to continue and give you one more opportunity. Maybe you've known Jesus or you've at least known about him for a long, long time. And through his word and through the translation that the Holy Spirit gave you this morning, You say, yeah, Pastor, I know this Jesus thing. I know. I've been there. But I heard something fresh this morning, Pastor. I heard something fresh from the Word of God. That I need to leave some of the multitude behind in my life this year. And I need to fill my boat and get some other boats around me that love Jesus. And I need to walk in His way, not in my way. I need to eliminate some of those quote unquote friends pastor I I heard the Holy Spirit talking to me saying that's you I'm speaking to and if that's you this morning you know Jesus you know the stories you know the Bible you might even have been to church a few hundred times but coming to church don't make you a Christian any more than going to a hospital makes you a doctor so if that's you this morning I don't care if you've been coming here once or one thousand times But you say, you know what, Pastor? I need to rededicate my heart and life. I have been far from God for far too long. And if that's you this morning that says, I need to leave some of those multitude on the shores, set out with Jesus first and foremost in my life. No one's going to embarrass you. Everybody's got their heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. If that's you this morning, now's the time to respond and raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to set out with Jesus. Amen. Put him first. In my life, that's me. I see you in the back. I see you. I see you. Over here too. Over here, I see you. Saints, you need to rejoice right now. People are, people are getting, getting recommitted. People are getting serious about this God thing in their life. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I don't want you to leave here the same as you came in. Now's your opportunity. God, we are continuing in this attitude of prayer, this sacred time this morning, rejoicing in the fact, Lord, that people want to put you first. They want to leave some of that multitude back on the shore and press on and press out and head out with you in their life. You are on their boat in their life lord you are in control people are surrendering the control of their life to you and father those that have been around church around bible preachers and all that maybe their whole life lord but today is the day that they made a deeper commitment to you god god we as saints rejoice in that fact this morning and we know lord that that if we could picture a big smile on your face this morning for people coming back to you or wanting a deeper walk with you, Lord, that's what you intended for our lives. And Father, during this sacred moment, I lift those that have had the courage in this room, Lord, and those who have made decisions, even online listening, that would follow you with all of their hearts, starting right now, getting ready for an exciting 2020. Help us, Lord, as a church, as a family of believers, to lift these people in prayer and, Lord, to come beside and around them and wrap our loving arms around them, showing them your love, Lord, showing them that following you is the best thing to do that they could do with their lives. Help us, Lord, to be examples to those around us who are beginning a fresh walk or beginning a walk at all with you, Lord, as their Savior. Father, raise your church up to do mighty and great things and help these folks along in their faith to become more Christ-like, to eliminate all that negativity and all the people that would speak all of these hateful things into their life and all that, Lord. We we pray, Lord, that we would be able to be uh, surrounding these people, Lord. Surround them as they go from this place, that that they would be able to see things throughout their days, Lord, that say, ah, Lord, see, you are taking care of me put people in their path, put people in their life that will speak truth, speak about your love into their life. I thank you, Lord, for working through this vessel this morning and for your Holy Spirit translating the word to the people that needed to hear it. And I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your love for us. Father, for never leaving us alone, never forsaking us, No matter how long I've been walking with you, Lord, you still speak to your children. And I praise you for that this morning. We give you all the praise, Lord, as we close this service and depart from this place. May we not depart from your presence. In the powerful and mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen and amen. Before you go, one quick little announcement. Uh, if you're part of the men's secret grab bag Santa thing and you filled out a name and you bought, brought something for that, we're going to exchange gifts. If you're not part of that, you're welcome to stay anyway. We're going to have some sandwiches in the fellowship.